14 podcast and we are back it felt like a, a, a month of a hiatus for the gate 14 boy i'll be honest with you it felt a little nice to have a little sunday off it really did last weekend was awesome like just it's like okay we get one sunday where we're never gonna do this for the rest of the year and it was like okay but then you miss it. It's like, what What are we doing with our lives? So nice to have Ernie yeah. on today, though. We'll say that. Yeah, the Ernie interview. Uh, massive week for the Gate 14 boys. I mean, me and Avery got live at bats on Tuesday, which, how? Uh, by the way, I don't think listeners know this. Uh, we have like a full-blown, pretty much professional camera crew for this uh, live at bats. Uh, we got three cameras. There's going to be Velo in the video. Going to be different angles. Me and Avery are going to be mic'd up. I, to say I'm pumped for this would be an understatement. Um, it's going to be funny content. It's going to be probably like the most professionally. And Judah does a great job, obviously, as well. But uh, having Kale's, the multiple. Kale's special, man. Kale is special. Kale is. And, and obviously, like like I said, Judah does a great job. But Kale offering to do it is going to be awesome. And uh, we're going to be there. So Tuesday, it's going to get done. Uh, and do we, I'm pumped do we want to do Do we want to do predictions pre yeah. I, okay. So, so, the only so what are we going to, what are we going to do? Let's so for the people that know we're going to, it's going to be three at bats, but there's going to be a little bit before, like, obviously we're going to be like getting pregame videos, like of us warming up, like just trash talking, just doing funny shit. Maybe I'll do a 60 yard dash um, with an actual <laughs> legit timer. Um, but it's three at bats. I say a success for me, anything less than two for three would be an embarrassment. Especially with how hard you're how hard you're throwing. Obviously, you have a torn labrum, not to make excuses, but you do have a torn labrum. Um, anything less than two or three would be embarrassment. I haven't seen live pitching since McCook, but the only time I saw it, Bryson Bryson Stott, when I went to Vegas, he threw me live, he threw off a mound to me. He was throwing like 75, probably. He was kind of not really throwing that hard. And I sent the ball off the wall at UNLV off of the raising cane sign. Um against him so I, I think it will be good for me i'm not sure we'll see what are your predictions um if i can get to 74 i think you're in trouble but like i can't see myself throwing over 70 miles an hour my shoulder just doesn't fucking work anymore it i know how <laughs> i know how much like how bad it hurts to throw a baseball and i know i got like no more feeling in my fingers um so it's gonna be interesting i th- if I can't throw a strike, then I've, I should never play baseball. Um, I think I can throw strikes, and that's not a problem. Every off-speed pitch I throw goes into your barrel, which is I'm worried about. Um, other than that, I think my main issue is you you are going to hit a top of the cage flyout that isn't going to be a home run in any park in Canada, any park in North like in North America, <laughs> and you are going to celebrate and bat flip so hard on it and there's just nothing i'm going to be able to do because it's going to be loud i will be loud if that does happen (laughs) um but i think we can have moro or camera guy um dictate if it's a hit or not it's unbiased right like unbiased you you think moro's unbiased well moro's not unbiased but i think we got to have an (laughs) off-duty guy with no side no dog in the race saying if it's a hit or not then we could be like all right we'll see and then maybe we'll let the hitters decide. We'll post a video. We'll do a poll at the end or the comments. They can leave it. The most liked comment will be who won the uh, the competition. But I am excited for it. I, like I said, I haven't seen live since February. 
Uh, but it's not really. It's a different live. You're throwing fucking 68, like 70. So we'll see what happens. But it, it is a big week for Gate 14. That's long overdue. I get DMs about it all the fucking time. Um, so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be pulling up in some three quarter leg sleeves. Uh, the, my McCook jersey you can see here behind me. Shout out Johnny for getting that done for me. Um, it'll be electric. And the Ernie, I think, I think I'm pulling up stirrups and pants and getting this done. You got to, you got to go full out. That picture is going to break the internet of me and you just outside of the cage. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. I'm excited for it. So, uh, it's been a bit big week, man. We got the Ernie interview coming up. Let's talk about that right now. I guess a little bit kind of hinted at it, but what an interview. I mean, some of the shit he said, like the, the Terry Francona story, which obviously you guys will listen to it later on here is just absurd. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ernie is just, I can't really describe for the people because the best way for me to describe it is, is Ernie is like one of us. So when he was at home watching the Jays, when they sent him down a little bit, he would be live texting me about the game. And he texted me one time. I didn't have his number saved because I forgot. I just got a random text from a number saying the cock with exclamation mark under Brandon Belt hit a home run. And it was Ernie Clement. Um, <laughs> just the greatest dude ever. The, the, the funniest dude ever. And he is honestly just one of us. Like, he really is. He's just a normal guy. Yeah, you you love to I explain it to all just normal people really good at sports. And Ernie, uh, during the interview, he gave us his best. Didn't put on a media show for it. You can tell he's just normal dude. Loves talking baseball. What a guy. So we, as us too, love, appreciate his time. Ernie's the best, man. Yeah. And uh, it just, it, it's, it's. A great guy to kick off the off-season interviews with is Ernie. So I'm excited for that. But I, let's go into a story here because I tweeted it Thursday about people asking with who. I fell in love on Thursday. Um, this is the podcast of love, and I'm not – the people are going to think this story's fake. That's fine. I, I'm not going to do the screenshots and just fucking sewer these people. But Thursday night, I'm at Paris, Texas with Alto and Curtis and Randa and all those guys, obviously. We were buzzing. And I go to the bar and go to buy a drink. And this bartender, and I will say this, she's probably going to be listening to this or her brother's going to be listening to this. Gorgeous. Very good looking. Very out of my league. Uh, after I buy my drink, she does this double look to me. And she's like, are you Johnny Junta? And I'm like, yes. She goes, my brother's a massive fan of yours. Can I take a picture with you? And I said, I thought I was just mangled when she said this. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you can take a picture with me. So anyways. She takes a picture with me. Her brother sends it to me and says, sources say you met my sister at Paris, Texas. I was black. I was drunk at 12 o'clock. I text him with a hundred percent. All due respect. I might love her. Thank you for the support brother. And he said, Paris, Texas bartender. And she knows you broke the Schneider call up. She's exactly your type, but I can't take that respectfully, bro. So listen, I'm not going to out this listener. I said, I was going to shout him out. I love your sister. I need Gate 14 Nation to get behind me here. We need to make at least one date happen. She lives in Toronto. She works in Paris, Texas. Just make it happen for the people. I There's not really a way our listeners can make this happen, but just maybe <laughs> tweet at me, find Johnny Love. We'll get it going. I need to just have one date with this girl. Just, to, just show, her, show her the Danny's Pizzeria. Would you, would you be willing to have it filmed? No. Because I, I feel like she's not like that. I actually genuinely do think she's like, not to be cheesy, I genuinely do think she's like insanely good looking. And I would like to take her out. But out of all due respect for our listener, and by the way, the guy, I said on the podcast multiple times, if you, if any of you guys have good looking sisters to try to hook up the Gate 14 boys, you dropped the ball. 
So I don't know if I'm mad at this guy or I'm in, I, I, this guy's my future brother-in-law. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I, w- I would like to take her out. Probably won't happen. That's fine. We moved past it. And I pulled a beauty move. Uh, I went up to her and I said, what's his Insta? I'm going to throw him a follow. She's like, oh my God, he would love that. I threw him a follow. All time. I, I, I pulled out all the stops. Tipped her 25%, I think. Could be wrong. That might be 20. But it, it was, uh, I kept telling the boys, this is, how, this is how you know Johnny G was in love. I kept telling the boys, we got to go back to the bar and buy more drinks. We, we, we just, uh, we kept going back to that side of the bar. It was electric. You should have so. just kept buying a single drink. Yeah. Nonstop for everyone. So you're yeah. just spending a lot of time just there. Spend, spending a lot of time with her. But, but anyways, I, listen, I'm, ha- I'm very happy for you. That you no, <laughs> what are you happy about? Nothing happened uh, yet. We'll no, see. If, I mean, you found the one. It's just if you can make it happen. Yeah. We'll see what happens, man. I don't know. Like, listen, this guy's a very loyal listener. He likes a lot of our stuff. I don't want to lose a follower because of it. So with all due respect, I'm married to the podcast game. So we'll keep it at that. Okay. We'll keep it at that. But speaking of the bars, stuff like that, do you know who Long Chung is? Do I? Yeah, I know who we Long Chung is. Talk about this dude. This dude has been roaming the streets of Guelph. I live in Guelph. He has been roaming the streets of Guelph. Actually, it seems like everywhere. I saw him when I was doing Man on the Street sports interaction on Saturday. He's, at the Jays game, they show him sometimes too. He is everywhere. What the fuck does this guy do? Do you think I he has see- a job? I don't know. He. If that is his job, that is a galaxy brain job. Just by having a speaker on your phone. think he makes money from that? I was going to say TikTok, but you can't make money off TikTok in Canada. So I don't know. Like, this kid is a fucking genius. He's a marketing (laughs) wizard. I see videos of him fucking everywhere. How old is he? A (laughs) hundred? He, I don't want to know how old he is, actually. I have been seeing him around Guelph since I was 16, 17. Like, I moved here a year ago, but I used to come here and party. And he's still, he was at Queen's homecoming on Saturday. Like, what, what the fuck? We talked about Long Chung yesterday, too. It's crazy. Good for him. Good for him. Our listeners are going to relate to that because a lot of them are in university and go to Guelph. But Long Chung is just. Sometimes I'll, I'll fall asleep. Like, I'm scrolling TikTok before bed and his yeah. lives come on. Awesome stuff to watch. Um, but we can talk about our weekend a little bit, too. Johnny Wilderness. Or, yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, so listen, I've I've made this abundantly clear uh, for a very long time that I'm not a wilderness guy. I'm not a nature guy. Um, But when I'm with a group of guys like that, I said this in the car, it makes it a little bit worth it. I still smell like a fucking campfire right now, and that makes me sick. It makes me sick. I don't know. I I don't know if there's a way to get it out. I just washed all of my clothes, and I'm and I still smell like campfire. I don't know what's going on. Then your washer's gonna smell like a campfire. Yeah, it's just it's just a nightmare recipe. But listen, I am a guy. I'm a I like the concrete jungle. Okay, the only jungle that I respect is the concrete jungle. But it's good. To, that was the second time or third time I've ever been to a cottage, so that was fun. But I'm just gonna we're gonna stay on this side. We're gonna stay on this side of the Ontario for a while here. I can't do it. You, yeah. I mean, you got pushed in the water, which was a bad guy move. Which was Curtis. fucked up by Curtis, by the way. He's lucky my phone was in my back pocket, or well, I threw it on the deck. We had a Curtis... chat about it, and I said, there's two things that can't happen if you're going to throw him in. One, can't ha- can't his phone can't be on him. No way. So originally the plan was we were going to take a picture with your phone to okay. make sure you didn't have your phone. Because if Johnny doesn't have his phone, people respect Johnny. Um, just Johnny like- content. Johnny content. There you go. 
So we were like, okay, we'll take the picture with Johnny's phone and then Curtis will throw him in. And it's the other one was you can't lose his glasses. That can't happen either. That would have been my personal fucking hell if I would have lost my glasses, dude. So we, I mean, I have the video. I feel like maybe we tweet it out at some point. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah. yeah, so we made sure that the phone thing didn't happen. That was talked about before. So out of respect, Curtis, Curtis was looking out for you a little bit. I was absolutely bang the fuck up. I'll say it. Like I, I'm John, not a big. John- for people who don't know card games, Spoons is the easiest card game ever made. Johnny could not figure out Spoons last night. And it wasn't a shtick either. Like, I was genuinely trying to count my cards. I was like, how many cards do I have? So, yeah, I was just, I was fucked up, dude. Um, the dark picture of me, you, Alto, and Curtis goes nuts. And by the way, early announcement, me, Avery, Alto, and Curtis will be in Chicago next year for Blue Jays, uh, Cubs. That's circled. Like, that's, that's yeah. an auto attend. That's an auto attend. If you think we're not going to that, you're dumb. I am. I will be there no matter what. Yes, that is a put it on your calendar. If the gate 14 people want to be out, it's Wrigley Field, August, I believe next yes. year. That's our round two trip. Round two. We'll be buzzing on that. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. And then obviously in a couple of weeks, we'll be filming the gate 14 awards, which should be electric. I have a lot of things up tricks up my sleeve for that. Uh, Ultimate Curtis will be announcing it, uh, some of the awards with us, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of things coming up in gate 14 land, man. Um, I've been trying to get Guillermo on the podcast. He said, uh, give me a couple of weeks and like that. He's kind of sick. So maybe we'll, I'll, I'll take that a little bit off the docket. I'll pump the brakes on that. We'll see. Um, but yeah, a lot of things coming up here for gate 14. Those live at bat video, that live at bat video is going to break the internet. I'm going to say it. It's going to break the fucking internet. It really is. It's worth the pain. It is. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to have to grip my teeth for an hour, and I'll be fine, and I'll never have to throw baseball again until yeah. we do round two live at-bats against Blue Jays players. Yes, which will be awesome. I would love to take a bat. I would love to have an at-bat against Swanee. Um, you, that would be electric. But we'll you take his splitter 500 feet, man. Yeah, but he has to let me know he's throwing the splitter. I want to see it live. If we have to go to Minnesota to, to face him, I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Do we want to talk about the Swanee thing? That yeah, <laughs> it's this, this is where I'm at. So. I don't get into the politics stuff. I never have. I never will. I don't understand why people care so much about what other people do. I'll never like someone is legally hunting in their home state legal. Let me say that again, legally hunting geese. And you get so mad where you have to write an article, a hit piece on someone legally hunting geese. Why does it matter? Like, why do you care? what other people do what is legal you know i don't get it see i i don't think it was a hit piece it was just someone who had to write something but you're not writing that thing for glaring reviews of eric swanson you're writing it to get people mad at him right and that's he's shooting geese man you're allowed to do that and so i don't know i just thought it was just weird. Just a it weird got take, angle to take. It, it wasn't it like got a lady. Taken it was too a, much, too. Yeah. It was a lazy article. It was just an article written, um, like pretty it, much just they were just reading the captions. Yeah. Yeah. To get clicks. And Swanee texted me about it. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, "We shouldn't have answered because me and him, we did the math. Me and him answering that added, uh, added I think ninety thousand impressions alone to the tweet. Me and him answering yeah. that." So we talked, we're like, why the fuck would we answer this? But he was pretty pissed off. 
but when people write stupid shit about you, that's not even bad. It's like, what? How do you just let people get off, right? Doing that. So, you if kinda... I remember correctly, though, Blog To was in our live streams for the playoffs. Do you remember yeah, that? So that's that's why I don't think it's like a. Um, um, it's odd as to why they're doing. It, it might have just been slow day, and it's like, okay, I like the Blue Jays, and then I found this. So yeah, I it's a I weird. Want, it was... I don't want to rip on the person who wrote it. It's, yeah, I won't. It, but their job is to get clicks, but. I don't. I don't want them trying to break down our guys. In, in my opinion, though, loud. it's just a lazy form of writing to get clicks based off of other people's on other people's expense or preying on their downfall or trying to bring a negative outlook towards yeah. them. It's yeah, a they're lazy. Not, they're form. not trying to make him look good. Yeah, it's a lazy form of writing. And there's other things you could do with writing, especially a blog too, where you kind of have free will to write about whatever you want. You can write funny articles. You could be creative. It's like a blog type of thing. So just being lazy and trying to write a hit piece about someone shooting legal, legally legally hunting Canadian geese, it's dumb and it's lazy. So I'm yeah. not sure. Like in the article too, they they said, oh, it's definitely legal and it's hunting season. It's fine. But look at these comments where people weren't too happy. So they weren't really standing on anything either. They were trying to put other people forward. So yeah, and there's, and there, and, I, and trust me, there is way more things in the world to worry about than a major league baseball pitcher hunting fucking geese. Okay. There's way more things to worry about when so it's allowed and clear. where it's allowed. Yeah. Where it's allowed. So let's go to the next thing too. I want to talk about before we cut it to the, our Ernie Clement interview, the Rogers center's not selling the seats. Where do you stand on this Avery? Cause I saw a lot of things like there's no back of it. Like there's no legs. Um, the seats are in dirty condition, terrible condition. If you genuinely don't think that if you opened up the Rogers Center and had people sign waivers to disassemble these seats and take them home or like pay like a cover charge to get in there, you are a terrible business manager or a business owner or just a businessman. Like there would have been thousands lined up to get a raw Rogers Center seat and even pay $50 cover to get into that stadium. I know I don't know if that's an effective strategy, but it, there is ways around it. To get that done. I don't understand why they resorted to just throwing it in a scrapyard and pretty much saying the scrapyard has to disassemble them and break them and not allow people to get them. It's very dumb. Very fucking dumb. Kind of a slap yeah. in the face to the fans. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. their business practices there, but we walk into Curtis's dad's office Friday uh, before we go up north, and he has a Maple Leaf garden seat in his office, Curtis's dad's office. So cool, dude. Exactly. And there's like a plaque to the bottom of it. Um, and Curtis said to us, like, that's exactly why I wanted a Roger Center seat for my office, too. Like, people will pay the money. I understand them trying to get them, try and get the seats out of there as quick as possible. So they're like, whatever, fuck it. But um, you are neglecting the fans again with something that they would probably really care about. So for me, it's just like, we, you could be forward thinking. They didn't sell the seats last year either, right? No. So just a fuck it's just like a dumb, it's a dumb business model. Like you have a chance to make a shit ton of money off of fans who will do anything. We had people, I got DMS of people going to the landfill, like, and going to like the, the office and like saying, well, how much, how, how can we get a seat and them getting turned away and having to drive back to wherever they're from? People will do anything for that. And that's a keepsake, man. Like not to sound like cringy or whatever, like all of my favorite memories as a kid and even i guess in the last couple of years doing this with you is at the rogers center like those are my greatest memories and a lot of kids greatest memories 
and to just throw away these seats like they're meaningless when there's so much history around them. You saw the bat flip in those seats. You saw the Jays win a World Series in those seats, in the Skydome seats. You saw everything in those seats. Doc Holiday pitch. You people sat in those seats to watch Doc Holiday. It's just crazy. They would just throw them away like they're just nothing. It's wild. Yeah, I I got nothing good to say about that. So it's it's sad. Hopefully somehow we can get our hands on them. But uh, yeah, the fans definitely would have liked that. They deserve better, man. Fans deserve better, especially with how the end of that season went and just how loyal this fan base is. Three million people showed up this year to a very lackluster mediocre team that was not fun to watch three million people showed up so um just not great I, I i don't understand why they do that but i'm excited to see the renovations i guess i don't know if it's going to be like a crazy difference they, they did a lot of the crazy difference last year but those 100 level bars are going to be a very weird turn i walked past the rogers center last saturday through my man on the street stuff and they have just like disassembled like the entire hunter level like there's just nothing there like even like the bars and stuff like that they're all gone um, really? It's crazy how fast they worked. It's insane. Um, yeah, some people like the theory that they lost on purpose so they could start the crazy theory. faster. Crazy fucking theory. Crazy theory. <laughs> Just so dumb. But yeah, uh, it's whatever. But um, let's send let's it to go- the Earned Dog. Yeah, let's send it to the Earned Dog. All right. Without further ado, let's cut it to the interview with the most handsome man I- these four eyes have ever seen, the most handsome man that's ever been on this podcast, Ernie Clement. All right. We are now joined by a guest that has been long overdue. If you're a Gate 14 guy, you know this is one of our guys, ride-or-die guy, my partner, a massive part of the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. It is Ernie Clement, Earn Dog. What's up, brother? How we doing? Great to see you, boys. Let's do this thing. <laughs> last time we saw you, I wasn't in the right mental space. I, th- I think you might have Irish goodbye the last time I saw you. I was just on Neptune that night. Avery was sober. You were a sober assassinate. Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't always have to be the drunkest person there, right? I had to get out of there, man. I had to get out of there. Big, we had a big game the next day. So. Do you yeah, remember? My- did I say anything crazy? I really, I just remember. I remember. I, I bought your girlfriend a shirt, and I was just like, I, I, I like, it was like a hero move by me. I just like pulled it. Out. I was like, here you go. I just couldn't believe that. I think everything you said was crazy. Everything. <laughs> That was a good night, man. How you doing, brother? How's the off season? What are you doing? Are you hitting or what are you, what are you saying right now? I'm hitting golf balls. I'm hitting golf balls. I just uh I just had a round today. We, me and my uncle and a couple of his buddies went out, so I just got back. Uh but yeah, a little little bit of a little bit of baseball, a little bit of working out, but a lot of golf. Are oh, you it's, uh it's also hockey season for you too? Yeah. That is a good point. That's actually probably the most important thing. Are you like, so do you take, cause I know some guys like take like a month off after the season, like don't worry about baseball or anything like that. Are you, are you still hitting maybe a couple times a week or are you just hammering it out every single day? No, not every day. Not every day. Um, this is a good time. The, the first couple of weeks into the off season, I like to kind of take a break and, uh, you know, step back from the whole baseball thing, do a little golf, do a little, uh, you know, hanging with the fam, which is probably the most important part of it. Um, and then, you know, playing a little hockey, you know, keeping, keeping the legs loose, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's good to, to decompress and, and take a little break from baseball. Cause it's a, it's a long season. You, you couldn't have wanted this season to end at all though. Right? No, <laughs> God, no, no, uh, that was tough. It was, uh, yeah, tough end, but, um, you know, I, I just, I like, I like where we're at. I, I, I like where we're, uh. What we, what we got coming in next year and and you know a lot of those guys in triple a that i get to play with um there's a lot to be excited about dude uh that next year is gonna be sweet but it's, it's a lot of young bucks you, 
you personally, I think that's like the numbers you put up this year, like what, what clicked for you this year is just a lot different than any numbers you'd seen professionally to this point. Right. Oh yeah. I would have loved to keep playing another month or two, man. Um, yeah, it ended too soon, but, uh, I got a lot of confidence going to next year, man. I, uh, I, I found a lot of things that worked and, um, like I said, it's just exciting, man. I, this is a great organization. So I, I hope I, uh, I hope I'm in their plans and I hope I can keep hanging out with the boys for a little longer. Dude, listen, you, if you are in Toronto next year, me and Avery might have to buy a condo and just, uh, <laughs> just start mooching off you and just, uh, wherever you go, we go. But I, I, Avery talking about this year, man, I mean, obviously you hit 380. I mean, so did, was it like change in approach or just like you just kept it simple? Were you more loose or just the more experience under your belt? Like, what was it for you that did it this year? Because I mean, you're at bats, you're getting deep into counts, you're hitting balls hard. <laughs> putting balls in place. So like, what was the biggest difference for you there? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of all of that um, combined. Cause I, you know, I, I had like a year and a half of, of big league time under my belt. And um, it's just, it's so different when you're not playing every day. I think that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand is like these guys who, who have had decent minor league careers come up to the big leagues and don't play every day. And they're expected to go in and perform. And um, there's no excuse when you don't you still got to put up numbers and you still got to help the team win. And um, it's, it's really, really difficult because you're going up against, you know, the best baseball players in the world, the best pitching in the world. And um, you might not have played in five days um, and there's no excuse. You still got to go in there and do your job. So um, I just kind of put the excuses aside. And um, fortunately I was able to play a bunch in triple a, you know, they had me, they had me playing pretty much every day down there. So I got my work in, and um, every time I, I came up to the big leagues, I was ready to go. When you're not playing the big leagues every day, too, is it like uh, not be so hyper-focused so when it is your turn to show up, it's like, okay, I'm loose here, I'm ready to play all the time, or is it a hyper-focused thing all the time, Just always have to be ready to go? Yeah, you got to always be ready to go. You never know. I mean, like when Bo got hurt and I got called up that one time, it was like that next day I had to be ready to play. Um, and we were, we were traveling to Lehigh Valley that day and, and they were like, Hey, we need you in Toronto. So it's like, you know, you really never know, but, um, it, it just, the mental side of it's huge. Like I, I just had to be where my feet were and, and, you know, concentrate it on that, on that day at hand. But, um, you know, hats off to the guys in, in Toronto, the, the, my teammates and my, the guys that I was, uh, you know, playing with, like they, they were, they, welcomed me with open arms and I didn't really know any of them. Like I came up and, and they were like, Hey dude, we need you to help us win. Let's go. And I was like, beautiful. I'm in. I mean, you did that. And obviously like, like you saying, you just had to go right in there. I feel like that's easier because then you have less time to think about it. You know, like they just literally, like they literally threw you in the fire and they're like, you're going to have to replace or like be a replacement for one of the best shortstops in baseball. I mean, the more you had to think about that, probably that like the the worse it plays on your mental health and like your mental toll, and you start overthinking things and stuff like that. <clears> so when you came into like when you arrived in Toronto, your first game with the Blue Jays, like what was the hardest adjustment you had to make from AAA playing in that Buffalo League, where in my opinion the ball, some of the balls are juiced there, to like playing in the show? Like what was the biggest change you had to make there, just from your Buffalo days to the Toronto days? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. My first game was in Tampa. Um, and we were winning like 20 to nothing. And they're like, Hey dude, you're going to go play shortstop for Bo. Uh, and we're winning 20 to zero. So 
go have fun, like whatever. <laughs> and that was like a really easy, like, Hey, welcome to welcome back to the big league. So I just kind of, I had to hit against a position player. I played two innings to shortstop and that was it. So I was like, all right, that was, you know, this is the same old thing. This is easy money. Um, and then I got a, a, a real welcome back the next day with McClanahan who struck me out and I, you know, it didn't have a great game, but dude, it's, it's just so much easier when you have a good group of guys and, and guys who just make you feel at home. And, um, it's just, I had a blast dude from my, my first game with Toronto, my first game with Buffalo, like it's just a good group, dude. So they talk about you being welcomed into the clubhouse. We've heard some stories about certain Brandon Belt welcoming some people into the clubhouse. <laughs> Is he uh is he as good as the stories are told about him? I uh so this is something I've I've heard these stories for a few years now. Um and he's got that nickname for a reason. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I know he's you got a nickname for him. I love that. I love it. He's it's the so best, true. bro. He's the best. <laughs> he is the best. What a legend. Dude, it's just like he's one of those guys where it's he knows like he's already accomplished World Series like everything he does after like everything he did this year was just icing on the cake like obviously he wanted to win a World Series again and like be like successful in the playoffs and all that type of stuff but he has his World Series he has his legacy career than that he had in San Francisco like this is all icing on the cake what player kind of did you kind of graduate or gravitate to when you were in Toronto like someone that kind of took you under their wing or maybe helped you get a little more comfortable when you were there yeah so uh wit. Merrifield actually he helped me out big time because um we both love golf and he was like dude let's go play um and dude I, I really didn't like I knew I had gotten to know all the Buffalo guys really well like throughout the season so I was I knew all them they, they told me a little bit about all the guys in, in Toronto um but Wit right away was like hey let's golf like I, I got to know him pretty well uh, Kiermaier is like a great personality who just kind of welcomes everybody in and makes you feel comfortable. So I, those veteran presences are, are awesome. And then I got to know Bo and, and all those guys and Kevin and I, Kevin was kind of riding the pine too at the time, you know, kind of trying to break his way into the lineup at, at the time I got called up. So I got to hang with him in the cage and in the dugout a bunch. So, um, those guys, we all kind of we play the same position, kind of me and Wit. So like, I got to kind of ask him about what that what that was like, and um, I don't know. All those guys were just great, man. Awesome. It's probably because you and Wit are both national champions too. Not a big deal. Whoa, a little yeah, natty under the belt. Ring talk. Yeah, some people. <laughs> some people we know how to it. win, man. We know how to win. We know what it takes to win a championship. That's a big deal. No, exactly. So you talk about all the Buffalo boys coming up. I think as a fan, that was like some of the. Most fun baseball we got to watch this season. Obviously, a little bit disappointment, but when the Buffalo Boys came up, what was that like for you as two guys you got to play with who seems like you loved hanging out with them as well, Horowitz and David Schneider. So you guys being in the big leagues for that that time, what was that like? Dude, those are my guys, man. Like right away in Buffalo when I got there and like I didn't really know anyone. Those are the kind of guys that like I just naturally gravitated to because just phenomenal human beings and hilarious and um they're just incredible baseball players too so um it was just so funny i think like there was probably five or six times like where we would just like look at each other and be like dude we're all in the big leagues like hey you know <laughs> like we dap each other up we do our like weird little handshake that we do with each other and um <laughs> it's just so funny man i couldn't be happier for those two they, they've earned it and i watch them every day and see how you know how hard they work and uh, to see them make it to the big leagues, uh, 
and then continue to have success is just awesome. It just it, it's an electric trio, and honestly, you can make the case the Jays wouldn't have made the playoffs if you guys didn't do what you do when everyone was injured. But when you when you saw Davis Schneider's success that he had right off the rip, what was like the what was it like in like the clubhouse or like what was it like in AAA and stuff like that? Just seeing your guy, like twenty seventh round pick or twenty eighth round pick, guy came from the trenches, just absolutely make rake and just make history his first weekend with the big club. Yeah, it's funny. I uh. I got I got called down for Davis when he got called up. And it, he's one of those guys where, like, yeah, like, I was bummed and I, you know, I wanted to be up there and I wanted to play and do all that. But to see him go up there, I was just – I could put all my frustrations aside and be like, dude, this is just such a cool moment for him. And I was at home. I took my, like – you get, like, three days to hang out when you get sent down. They're like, hey, you don't have to go. Usually I'm, like, right away I'm like, hey, I want to play right away. Yeah, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home see my family. I didn't see my parents in a while, and me and my dad are watching the Jays game on our TV. And Davis comes up and hits that homer in his first at bat. And I literally right before that, I was like, dude, he's gonna hit a homer. <laughs> he's gonna hit a homer. And we're me and my dad, me and my old man are going nuts. And like, you just it it's guys like that where you can you can put any personal frustrations or personal, you know, whatever you got going on, you can put it aside and just. It's just such a cool moment for him, and I, I couldn't have been happier for him. If there, I, I told him before, I'm like, dude, if there's anybody, if there's anybody that I would give up my spot for, it's you. Like the guy, he just earned it, man. And Spencer's the same way, just an awesome guy. And it was just so exciting to watch those guys have success. They've earned every bit of that. Yeah, we got to get in Horwitz's year, Abe. We got to get Horwitz on the pod next week. We'll, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get him on next week, but. Uh... Going back to your national championship, man. I mean, obviously, you played you played in the big leagues. You had debut. Avery was watching your fucking film today uh, at work, your highlight film. But, uh, like, that national championship, where does that rank in, like, the greatest moments of your entire, like, sports career or life or stuff like that? Because, obviously, the debut's there. The first home run's there. Does that kind of trumpet, like, accomplishing something with guys you've just been grinding in college with, grinding in the dorms with? Like, is that the top of the mountain for you so far? Yeah, that's one. That's number one. That's definitely number one. I mean, the, the personal accomplishments are great. It's awesome. But when you can like work with your boys and like really grind for, for like, a, I mean, come together for that, that one, that one goal and, and suffer and, you know, suck and really fail through the whole season. And then, and then like, you know, lean on your boys and, and come out on top. That was, that's definitely, that's definitely number one, man. It was it was incredible, and we had a lot of fun that year too. Um, we got in a lot of trouble, and and we we, we battled and we battled, and it, it came out. I, it, we weren't supposed to be there, so like just going through all the ups and downs, and just to come out and and you know accomplish that goal, it's it's special, man. It, and I I assume uh, the World Series is a similar feeling because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of ups and downs in a major league season. There's, there's 162 games instead of 50 in, in that college season. So I can only imagine how awesome that feels. You don't get into as much trouble in the big leagues though. No punishment running for doing stupid shit. That was a little bit different. I had to do a lot of punishment running at <laughs> yeah, community college, bro. I had to do, I don't know if pe- the listeners, cause a lot of our listeners are Canadian based. They, if they, they don't know what triangles are, a no, good six and nine for you. Six Ooh. and nine, dude. Triangles are the worst home plate, foul pull, foul pull, home plate, nightmare fuel. Uh, absolutely fucking nightmare fuel. Abe. 
It's the worst ever. But you say one of the best days. So you have four big league home runs, right? That's where you're at now. And two yeah. of them were in the same game, were they not? <laughs> that was yeah, that was pretty that was pretty awesome. I mean, that's gotta be up there. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's right there. Cause I, I don't hit very many homers. I think I have I think I had more home runs this year than I had in my entire professional career leading up to it. So um it was yeah, like I think everybody was surprised I even hit one. And then I hit another that same yeah, game. You went backside like, right. too for your first one. Yeah, they were like, all right, what's going on, man? <laughs> Dude, playing in Cleveland though, because I always talk, obviously I've known Luplo for a while, so we always talk about it. Me <laughs> and Avery actually went to a uh, Guardians-Yankees playoff game last year just for shits and gigs. I'm looking back on I can't believe we did that. It's the stupidest but, day we've ever had. So the Cleveland Guardians fans are a different breed. Like, these people, it's cold as shit. They're all topless, blackout drunk, just chirping Yankee fans. Like, what was it like playing for those fans down there? Because they are they are crazy. That's a beautiful thing. That's why <laughs> I got along. I got along well. No matter how bad I sucked while I was there, I got along with the Cleveland faithful because, you know, they're just grinders, man. They're like me. I, I feel like Rochester, New York. That's where I'm from, Rochester, New York. So, like, yeah. Rochester and Cleveland, like Bills fans, Browns fans, very similar, very, very similar. Um, you know, we grind through the, through the tough times and, and, you know, it's, it was so fun playing for that city. I, I really did love it, but, um, you know, I wish I could have given them a little bit more, but they were always really, really nice to me. And, um, I really appreciated that because I felt like we had a little, little bond from, you know, the Browns and the bills and, you know, going to battling through the bad weather. What's, uh, what's Tito like? Oh, dude. Legend. Absolute legend. Actually, the first time I met Tito was a funny story. I can tell it because, um, you know, he's retiring. Or he's retired. Manager. Um, the first time I met him, I walk in to spring training. I was late because Francisco Lindor had just like hurt his ankle or something. So they needed a they needed an extra shortstop. And they called me up little little 22 year old Ernie. And they're like, hey, we need you to come play short. Let's go meet the manager. I walk in. I meet the clubbies. I'm like, hey, guys, how you doing? They're like, hey, let's go meet Tito. Walk me into the back, like near his office, and he's not in there. I'm like looking around. I, he's not there. And they're like, no, he's back, like in the back. And he's on the toilet taking a shit. And I walked right in, and I shook his hand while he was on the toilet taking a dump. And I shook his hand. I'm like, how are you doing? I'm Ernie. He's like, oh, great to see you, man. We're excited to have you. Mid, like, on the toilet. And I'm like, how you doing? And he's like, well. He's like, well, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm taking a shit. And I'm like, oh my I go beat red, dude. I was so embarrassed. So embarrassed. Cause like Jesus. this is like a Hall of Fame manager, dude. Like I watched him manage against I was a big Yankees fan growing up. So oh, I watched no. him manage against the Yanks. And by the way, now I do not like the Yankees. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like meeting this is my his first impression of me is that I come in and shake his hand while he's on the john. It's like, what I mean, what are we doing? Dude, I had a – I don't know if you played with Josh Tomlin, uh, but Tomlin told me a funny story about him and Tito. They had a prank war where he, Tito pranked Tomlin into drinking Tito's dip spit, and they just had, oh, like, a, a war yeah. like this. So apparently Tito went to go do a mound visit, and Tomlin switched Tito's coffee that he drinks on the bench with dip spit, and Tito drank the dip spit and walked to the mound with no idea that, like, he had dip spit in his mouth and, like, was just – walked back to dugout like was like you motherfucker 
to Josh Tomlin. Like that's the like Tito's like an old school guy like that. All the stories I've he heard is. about him from like Cal Quantrill and Tomlin and oh, stuff yeah. like that. That guys just love playing for. Oh, everybody loves him, man. He's a, he's a base. He's just a baseball guy at heart. And the only way to stay in this game that long is to mess around and have a good time. So it makes sense. But he's just a legend, man. I loved playing for him. He, he's he's all time. That's so, so funny. Ernie, for the next steps, like for your game, what you go into this off season, what's, what are you working on? What's the thing you're getting ready for, for next season? Yeah. I'm, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I've gotten right back in the gym. I'm playing a lot of golf. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm busting my ass, man. I gotta, I gotta make a team. I, uh, I don't really have a choice. I don't really have a choice. I, I'm out of options. I can't do the whole up and down thing anymore. I gotta just, I gotta just bust my tail and and be ready to go. So, um, you know, I'm back in the weight room. I'm getting stronger. I'm I'm gonna be hitting pretty soon, and you know, I'm I'm always ready to go defensively. So, I just gotta, you know, I just gotta keep it going from from last season. That was that's probably my best season I've had, um, in professional baseball. So, you know, if I can just pick up where I left off, I'm I'm I'll help this team win. I'm and always I, interested and, with, with one side here, Johnny. I'm always interested people who swing like the baseball swing and the golf swing. You get no like you never feel like it fucks the other one up ever. Oh, no, no chance. No chance. Awesome. If anything, it helps. It helps get the body going. It helps me rotate. So um, it's very it's very similar. But uh, I yeah, I've never had I actually usually play better. The game that I hit two home runs, I played golf that morning. <laughs> uh in detroit so i i always play better when i golf i think schneids will tell you the same thing davis schneider him and i used to play all the time before our games in buffalo so it definitely helps there is no way schneider has any golf style like i say that with the utmost respect like he's probably pulling up no golf glove just generic white golf tee not tucked in and just some old foot joy uh boots on him there's no way right does he have good golf bro, style I, bro He's got no golf style, but my God, he absolutely hammers it. And I, I took him out to I took him out to Oak Hill. Like this had to be in April, and he comes out like this is not an easy course, by the way. Like this is like PGA type stuff, and he comes out shoots seventy six, like our first round out. And I'm like, buddy, what are we doing? Like, who are you? I like didn't really know him that well at the time. I'm like, dude, you're the you're the man. You can smash a baseball, and oh, on the side, you. You shoot seventy six on the golf course, ridiculous. Yeah, and I asked, I asked Schneids about this when, like, I, I've been out with him a couple times. And we kind of just talked about this over text and stuff like that as well. I want to talk about the triple A hitting coach because obviously every single guy I've talked to talks about like how good he is and like his approach and uh, the way he approaches players individually and stuff like that. Like, what difference did he make for you this year? And like, what makes him so good? Uh, Avery, what's his name? Matt Hag. Is that right, correct on that? I, I was—I didn't want to butcher that, but like, what makes him so good, dude? Uh, first of all, he's just a homie. He's one of the boys. He—he—he he, he did it. He played. He—he he made it to the big leagues, but he—he he grinded his his balls off in the minor league, and that goes a long way, dude. When you have when you have a bunch of young guys and you know guys who have sucked in their career like me, if you have one of the homies there, like kind of telling you like what he messed up on and what he could have done better. And, and he's like, Hey, let me give you some advice and not just like coaching you and telling you like, Hey, you need to do this when he's like, Hey, this might help. Like just the way he goes about it is like, it's not, it's not as if he's your superior. Like if he's your coach, it's like, if he's like your buddy and like 
a guy who just wants to see you get better, that goes a long way because I've had coaches who are like, hey, do this, like very regimented, like my way or the highway. And that, that goes the wrong way with guys. So like the fact that he did it and failed and had success and failed and, and had to go through those trials and tribulations, like, bro, it goes a long, it goes a long way. And I, I really appreciated the way that he went about it. And then just his knowledge on the side is, you know, it's great. And I mean, he, he it really helped me. Like I, I just loved, I loved playing for those guys down in Buffalo, but it was, it was more of a partnership than like, okay, this is a coach telling you what to do, which is goes, it's amazing. Yeah. He's just, everyone talks about him so well, man. And I think that does definitely go a long way for those guys. You see him, he was a blue Jay too. So one of the best things yeah. you've done this off season is we've seen you online clapping back at people and that's just that's the Johnny G effect, though. Me and him talked about that when we were golfing. I told him he has to get more involved, more in so, the mud. I so do respect good. that. So just for you being online, the people of God love that. How how do you feel? Is it just like does it feel wrong to you when you do it, or just fucking feel great? Oh, it feels phenomenal. I uh, <laughs> I used to, bro. I used to do this. I used to clap back at the Cleveland people all the time because I'd have people, dude. I was hitting the I was hitting a buck fifty over there, like playing like crap, like couldn't do anything right. And these people would tweet at me like, dude, you're a fucking loser. Like you suck. And I would just like look at their profile and like pick something out and just like rip them apart. And then all of a sudden I had like a bunch of people like having my back in Cleveland. They're like, yeah, get him. Like, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, how does it feel, dude? Like you come at me. I, I, I mean, I got to clap back a little bit. So it's yeah. just, it's funny. Like it's really fun. The best part is like, you see people like talk shit and then, you talk shit back and they're like, dude, Hey, big fan. Hope you, hope you do well. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's like, you should just start with that. Don't be a jerk. Like, don't rip me apart. I know I suck. I tr I'm the one, I'm the one that like, I'm there doing it. It doesn't feel good. Like, I don't need, I don't need some random Joe in his, in his basement, like rip me apart. I'll clap back right at you. And it, it actually like creates a little bit of a connection with the fans and they love it. And I hope that everybody knows it's all in fun. I'm not trying to like make anybody feel bad, but yeah, no, you funny, and you don't dude. go, you don't go aggressive. Like I go, sure. I go. Uh, you see me, I go kind of a little bit below. I don't go below the belt, but I come at people fucking hard. But and I will say this: <laughs> we kind of have like a cult like following here with Gate 14 now. With the bigger we get, they love Ernie Clement. I mean, I, there is just a million Ernie Clement burner accounts just following us. I mean, the YouTube names are Ernie Clement. Everything, all of our followers and listeners have gravitated towards you. I mean. What's what's been your kind of impression of Jays fans so far? Because honestly, man, I mean, based off your numbers here, they have no reason to hate you or ever chirp you or anything along those lines. So, like, what's what's it been like for you so far here? Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. Well, I, I'd hope they would hold me accountable when I do suck. Like, I understand that whole thing. Like, when I play bad, you say whatever you want to me. I I mean, I I personally understand and know. Like, I'm a Bills fan, huge Bills fan, and when. Josh Allen throws an interception. I'm the first one on my seat. Like, dude, you suck. What are you doing? Yeah. But you know, I, I, I am also like, I, I'm a player and I understand like, it's not like these guys are trying to suck. So like, I, I totally understand. But so far, dude, Jays fans, they, they've been so cool, dude. I, I mean, I, I've loved it, man. I've loved it. I mean, I'm, an, I'm like so low on the totem pole of blue Jays that it's just like, it's so cool, especially to watch, like to watch like Schneider's, whole thing take off like the mustaches in the stands i mean that is just the coolest thing ever so like 
I, you know, I, I almost started growing a mustache because of him. Like, I, I totally get the fandom and, like, how awesome it is to follow, like, and how excited you can get over, like, a really good team. So, it's just, I, I love it. Jays fans have been awesome to me. Yeah. You, t- you talk Bills. Where are you at with the Bills right now? They're on bum watch, Ernie. They're on bum watch. That know, Giants game your, was bad. I saw your tweets. I saw your <laughs> tweets about the Bills. I know, I know. And the, and the Leafs. I get it. But I... uh <laughs> I think we're all right, man. I would rather them fail and and learn from it now. Like that, you got to go through the you got to go through the tough times to to come out on top. I I, I learned that in college, you know, NCAA national champion, no big deal. But <laughs> I mean, you got to go through the tough times. It's 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 how it goes. That's why, dude. That's why I really really thought that the we were gonna go a little bit farther this year in the playoffs because we, I mean, we went through the shit storm quite a few times i thought i thought this team had it uh but we'll see what the bills got i i hopefully it doesn't happen like last year but i think we got a shot you being a guy from that area and stuff like that what when you when the jays signed you was that like just an i don't know if you had an option or i don't know how that works but was it just like a no-brainer for you or like was it how fired up was your family that you'd be like 20 minutes 30 minutes from where they're at because that's insane total no totally a no-brainer i uh I had a couple other options, but I was like, I was a minor league free agent. So it was like, Hey, sign with us and you know, we'll give you X amount of money. And I was like, I don't really care. Like I just, I wanted to play like the last couple of years I've been riding the pine in Cleveland and I'm like, dude, I just want to play baseball. I love this game so much. Just give me a chance to play. And the Jays were like, Hey, we'll start you in Buffalo, triple A. I mean, you play your ass off. You never know what could happen. We got a lot of we got a lot of good prospects. We got a stacked lineup. Like, you know, you never know what could happen. But you're probably just gonna play in AAA all year. I didn't care about the money. They're like, you'll play four to five times a week. I'm like, that's it, done. I'm in. Just let me play. And I I, I knew I could kind of take care of the rest because I you know I just I believed in myself and I just wanted to play. That's all I wanted. So it was a no brainer to me being close to home and you know, being able to see my family and, you know, they told me I'd play. So that was huge. This is, this is my dumb brain question here. Cause I got to ask this. I've obviously never hit 348 in my life. Uh, Oh, one, one, 185 junior college, but you had, you hit 348 in AAA. And let's just take a step back here. Just to Ernie and your little, in your brain here. 11 how bombs. Fuck, how fucking awesome is it to just hit 348 anywhere? I mean, that's just like you step up to the plate and you're just seeing fucking beach balls. So this is my dumb, no, dumb brain asking you how much did that rock? Like just, just, just Dude. raking every fucking at bat. I will say, if you told me I was gonna hit, you know, three fifty with ten homers or whatever, like eleven, I would have said you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I would have said you are nuts. And <laughs> I haven't like, I I love looking at the stats. I think it's great. But I is that is it three forty eight? 348 with 11 bombs, 100 hits. You 100 yeah, hits like, on the fucking dot, by the way. Oh, no, that was – that was I, as soon as I got the 100, I was like, all right, I'm chilling. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Because someone was like, dude, you need – they were like, you need seven hits to get to 100 hits. It was like right when I got called down, and I was like, all right, we could – you know, we, <laughs> we might be able to get there. That's that's a lot of hits in three games, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Just I, absurd, I was bro. like, I was like, all right, screw it. Like, let's ride. But, just dude, absolutely it was, absurd I, it's awesome because like you never you don't even have to when you're like playing well and you're playing with your boys you don't even have to think about it you just go out there and you play and you know you just kind of let everything else take care of itself like i 
I just had such a blast playing, dude. Like we had such a good group down in Buffalo. Like I show up to the, I like looked forward every day to showing up to the field. And that, that had not been the case uh, at times the last couple of years. Like I've always just loved baseball, but it, it can be very stressful. And when you're not playing well, it's not fun. Oh, I, oh, trust me. I know. I know. Oh, trust yeah. me, I, know. I mean, so I, I like, was in Nebraska. Dude, I, <laughs> so I dude, I just had such a blast playing and um, that goes a long way and, and it definitely helped. Who's the, uh, who's the next Buffalo boy that Toronto's going to have to look out for you think playing with those guys all year. Who's the next one to take the big step. Do you think? Like out of all the guys in out of anybody that didn't make it to the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, Rafael Antigua, absolute stud. Never heard absolute of that guy in my stud. life. Do you yep, know who that is? I, I, bro, I don't that, know he's, much. Not on, he's not on. He's not on any pro. He's not on any prospect list. He's like probably 25, 24, 25 maybe. He uh had an unbelievable year in Buffalo, but I got to dude. I, I he showed up every day, same shit every day. Played great. They're Holy not they, shit. They weren't going to really give him a chance in in Toronto, and if they don't, if they don't put him on the forty man, he will get he will get picked up so fast. Plays every position, really. He plays every position really well, and he's just an, like an on base machine. He's and he's a he's a phenomenal guy too. Did you get to watch Big Dick Rick? Big Dick Ricky Tiedemann? You get to see Big Dick Rick there. Yeah, What's a, he like? He's a savage. He's a savage <laughs> out there, bro. He's just like grabs his nuts and throws the ball every time. It's awesome. God it's, damn it's, it. I mean, he strikes out 10 guys every time he picks it up, but he just – he walks out to the mound, grabs his nuts, and shoves it down your throat every time. Oh, he's so electric. We we have we have big dick Rick shirts in the vault that we were supposed to drop this year, but he never got called up. But I cannot wait. wait to drop those. The big oh, dick Rick. Wait. It's he is. Special. He's insane, dude. I got to ask you about this. So you play with Oakland. Obviously, I'm really good friends with Kevin Smith, so I got to talk about that with him as well. Um, oh, yeah. Did you, play with, did you play with Tyler Wade? Yeah. I mean, that guy is, that guy's, I mean, he dated Alex Earl. Like, did he get chirped a little bit for that by the fans? Cause I saw some of the fans chirping him in spring training videos and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they were wearing him out. That was kind of like at the end of that whole thing. Like he got worn out way worse before spring training. Cause he was actually like kind of dating her, but he showed up and like, I think like five or six guys were like, dude, like, what's the deal? Like this, <laughs> like this TikTok girl or whatever. And uh, he's like, dude, it was so bad. Like, all these girls would just like come up to him and like yell at him and stuff. And he's like, what is going on? Cause he didn't like, I guess he's not like, wasn't like a big on social media or something. Yeah. Cause he like, wouldn't like, he wouldn't like shout her out or something. I don't know. No, he wouldn't post her apparently. Cause that's, I did. I did. Oh, obviously I asked Kevin it. about that. Yeah. I asked Kevin about that. Cause Kevin's tapped in. That's my guy. Fucking love Kevin Smith. What a Smitty, legend. That yeah. Guy he's, is. he's the goat. He's the goat. Congratulations <laughs> to him on the, having a kid yeah i had a kid congrats case smith i was actually there's a there's a video that avery tweets on the gate 14 of me at kevin smith's debut that i swallowed so kevin got his first career hit at the roger center i was sitting with his family and i swallowed like an entire like mouthful of dip and like the tv (laughs) pans to us and i'm like clapping for his first hit and my face is just absolutely fucked like i was just looking around like oh my god because i was so fired up but what a guy K Smith is, though. But when you got released by the A's, though, like, were you shocked? Like, wh- wh- where were you at with that? Yeah, hell yeah. I was like, what are we doing? Like, I finished the year last year. They claimed me off waivers. I got DFA'd by Cleveland, claimed by them. Um, 
And I, dude, I busted my ass all, all fall, all, all winter. And I was like expecting to like have a chance to make their team. And they DFA'd me in the, in the winter. So I was like, all right, whatever. But they told me that I would have a chance to like, you know, come in and compete for a job. And, you know, I believed them and then they released me and I'm like, all right. So I had the whole season, this whole season, like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, all I have to do is just, you know, make them kind of eat their words. I, I couldn't believe that they released me. And after what they had told me, like I would have a chance to compete. Um, but it, 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 I get it. It's a business, man. They're, they needed a young team. They needed to to dump all their, all their old Assets. guys like me. No, all their old guys. And I'm like, all right, like I get it. They have yeah. they have a couple good young prospects, but you know it would still have been nice to. I would have liked to help them win because I got to know a lot of the young guys in spring training, and it would have been cool to kind of help them. Uh, you know, get into the, get into it and and work, but you know. I would rather go where I'm wanted. So, yeah, I mean, you're wanted here, obviously. But I, I got to talk to you about this. Is the last question. I got to talk to you about that atmosphere because you were in the dugout, right, in Minnesota. You're with the team. Yeah. What was what was? Because listen, me and Avery came at the state of Minnesota, and a lot of fans in Minnesota came at us and said that it's a higher tourist destination than Toronto, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. But that's besides the fact. Mm. What was it? What was that atmosphere like at Target Field? Was it as loud as people were talking? Like you being in the dugout, you being a spectator there. What was that like there? Because I, which is crazy, by the way, people don't know this. You were at like the Bills game, like two days before that game, right? I saw yeah, on your Instagram. That is story. what's that is what's hilarious. We uh, <laughs> we were in Buffalo. We we're in Buffalo for like we're all working out, like kind of trying to stay ready. And they were like, "Hey, you guys have to stay till Monday." And I'm like, "Well, shit, let's go to the." bills game let's go tailgate and go to the bills game so i could show like a, a couple of the guys like what it's all about and we had such a good time it was awesome um unfortunately we had to like keep it together because you know we gotta help the boy we might have to help the boys win a playoff game but um dude we had su we had such a blast going to that uh that tailgate in the game but uh i i've been to i've been to minnesota a lot probably probably the most out of any road venue in major league baseball just because when i was with cleveland we were there so much and, uh, and it was like you guys see me yeah, yeah. So, all right and like being in minnesota for regular season games is okay like it's a it's a good it's a good environment it's a great field great facility it's a good environment during the regular season it was it was insane for the playoffs it was nuts. I mean, it really, was, you couldn't, you couldn't hear yourself think when they like when Lewis hit those homers, couldn't hear a thing, could not hear a thing. When Duran was up there blowing smoke to close it out, like, I mean, it was, that was cool, man. It was, it was really cool to be a part of, and it really sucked to be on the other end of it. Yeah, wait, don't worry. When the Jays get a home playoff game next year, you'll get a chance oh. to see how fucked it is. Well, because, okay, so the Jays' home games during the regular season are a thousand times better than Minnesota in the regular season. And honestly, they compare in the postseason. Jays but are if, dude, if Toronto gets a home playoff game, it will be, it will be deafening. Oh, it's, it's fucked. It's absolutely fucked in the head. But, anyways, Erndog, we're going to have you do this, actually, because obviously I love the hockey shit you, you do. You got to start updating the. You got to start tapping yes. in your Twitter, posting those stats every week for the people. 
We'll have the Ernie. We're all, we'll have okay. the Ernie Clement stat tracker. Host them every week after the game. Tag us, tag eight fourteen. We'll get it going. We'll have someone track it. We'll make a hockey card for you. We'll get it going. I need to see the Ernie stats. <laughs> Dude, every single if you week. guys make a hockey card, that would be that would be nasty. Send us a pick. We'll get. Listen, our 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 cult like following. There'll probably be four uh, Ernie Clement hockey cards DM to us. But we Bro, got we thinking, gotta get a picture of you out there. I was oh, thinking yeah. about cutting the flow off. I, I don't. Oh, know. you gotta go. Mull- I mean, that that kind of rocks. Do you Look go? Do you mullet. go visor? No visor. Where are you at with that? You a visor Look guy? At the mullet, boys. Look at that. <laughs> It's hockey season, baby. No, I, I got we, it. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we have a group chat. We're coming down in November. We're coming down. Me, Alto, oh. Curtis, Jonah, Avery. We're going to watch a Sabres game with you. Get out Get after a Chippewa. Never been out there before. Oh, God. You'll find uh, love. I got I to go home long before a Chippewa. But yeah, I'm <laughs> you guys got to go to Chippewa. It's, it's a beauty. Anyways, um, Earn Dog, man. I mean, listen. I consider you a good friend of mine now, man. You're one of the guys, and uh, obviously our listeners have gravitated towards you. So I appreciate you taking the time to hop on this, man. And uh, good luck with the, good luck in the off season. Good luck with that little hockey regimen you got going on there in the in the off season training. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll stay in touch, keep talking. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on this, brother. Dude, you guys are the best. That's fun. I appreciate you having me. All right, great interview. Um, listen, I'll say this again. It went. It odd making making an athlete seem like putting a human and putting a face and putting a personality behind an athlete that you watch on TV is fucking awesome. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I continue to like get close with players and get them on and show their personalities. Because now all you guys who listen to that podcast, listen to the Ernie Clement interview, know the person that he is when he's not on the baseball field, and he fucking rocks. He's all he's all time. He rocks. I can't, I can't say anything more about that. One of the best guys we've met doing this, man. Uh, happy for Ernie's year last year and hoping for continued success as a Toronto Blue Jay for Ernie. And, and I, I will say this. I am kind of mad we didn't ask him about the pitching, uh, the performance, but we'll get him on another time this offseason. Maybe we go to the Bills game when he's in the vlog. Uh, we can ask him about it when we've had a couple of uh, Labats. But um, great guy. And there's a little snippet that people don't know about this. Me, Ernie, Alto, and Curtis are in a group chat and Avery. And after every single beer league hockey game, Ernie just phantomly texts us his beer league hockey stats. <laughs> so it's just, he's the best. Uh, glad you guys enjoyed it. It's good to be back, man. Uh, I don't know how many days till the season, 160 something, I believe. So we got to kill the time here. We'll keep pumping out content for you guys, man. And uh, love you guys. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and uh, download all of our stuff and uh, keep, keep, keep showing that support. Gate 14 forever. And uh, let's have ourselves a week.